1: Hello and welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm your host, Frankie Oliver, the founder of New Society, and today I'm joined by John Harrington, editor of PR Week UK. Hi, John. Hi, Frankie. And we'll soon be joined by a very special guest who will come to you shortly. For this episode, we're returning to AI, something that is rarely out of the news and remains a hugely important topic for our industry. We're looking specifically at how AI is accelerating the spread of disinformation and what the comms industry could and should do to counter the problem. The issue has come into prominence during the tragic events in Israel and Gaza, where a spread of disinformation, much of it enabled by AI, has often made it difficult to tell the truth from a half-truth and downright lies. Meanwhile, this week, the UK government is hosting the AI Safety Summit at Bletchley Park, which aims to build a shared global understanding of the risks posed by AI. Rishi Sunak is set to outline how we have a global responsibility to understand and address the risks surrounding this technology. Last week, the government released a discussion paper on the risks of AI. So joining us to discuss what this all means for the comms industry is Kerry Sheenan. Kerry is Head of Service Development and Innovation at the UK Civil Service and is a senior figure working on the government's AI policies. Kerry gave a brilliant and fascinating speech at PR Week's PR360 event in May where she warned that the PR industry was simply sleepwalking into AI and that it should become a leader rather than a follower. She also has a background in communications within the healthcare sector and senior roles at Sainsbury's and Costa. So Kerry, thank you so much for joining us. So really, let's get into our first question, Kerry. How has the amount of disinformation, especially AI disinformation, increased in recent months, especially during the conflict in Israel?
2: Yeah, but really on point question. I think it's impossible to actually quantify it. um, Semantically, I think you only have to look at some of the digital social media channels and it just feels, you know, for those that have an understanding of it, it has um, increased. And I think it's fair to say, and this is my point of view, I'm not speaking on behalf of anyone else, that AI has definitely made, you know, the Israel-Hamas misinformation and disinformation epidemic much, much worse. I think now war propaganda is turbocharged, you know, with AI software that can pump out an endless supply of what we can say is incendiary um, images. You know, since the October seventh attack by Hamas militants against Israel, it's become near on impossible to avoid images of the carnage and devastation. We've all seen them, you know, on digital channels on the TV. We've heard about them, um, and obviously this is centered on the people that are living in you know the besieged Gaza Strip. But online, it's already difficult to sift through the barrage of misinformation, recycled footage from past conflicts and contradictory narratives to ascertain what is really happening on the ground. And that's making it difficult for people that really have a good understanding. You know, the emerging technology of artificial intelligence is adding a whole new layer of complexity to the problem. So, you know, we've seen AI generated images and videos um, related to the ongoing conflict are running rampant on social media. Um, but among them, you know, there's a clear flood of, you know, handled attempts. You know, I guess I would deem it adjective propaganda, you know, hate fuel memes targeting Jewish people, real, intentionally craft efforts to deceive, um, the, you know, the
1: public. So you can't always tell with propaganda where it's coming from, but do you have any sense of the source and the objective of that
2: misinformation? Well, I think that's obviously to, to, to sway the narrative, isn't it, for certain um, motivations. Um, you know, it could be sort of uh, people sitting in their bedrooms with, you know, the myriad of AI tools that are very, you know, free, low cost to, to use these days to real concerted efforts to, to, to sway the narrative um, and understanding. But what we can see, um, you know, the extent that people continue to trust information from unvetted sources, you know, uh, AI sources, you know, really massively now is exacerbating, you know, existing problems that were already there. And, you know, from my point of view, without a doubt, that's lowered the bar for producing what can look like very credible, but fake content. And it will just generate more higher quality images, audio, video fakes that, you know, every one of us is going to encounter much, much more of it. We don't know what the result of that will be. You know, it's going to be evolving as we move forward. There is no current regulation, although EU AI Act, pending UK regulation on the cards, no defined dates um, just as yet. So we're already seeing, you know, the mass deluge experiment, if you like, start to play out um, in real time, which is quite interesting to see, but also quite concerning. One of the most widely disseminated instances of misinformation spread by uh, AI-generated media of late was the claim that President Joe Biden would be opening the US Selective Service draft to women, now the claim has resurfaced, you know, amid the Israel Hamas conflict via a deep fake video which was created back in February, you know, and depicts um, President Biden announcing that he will revive that draft. But actually, that was just basis rumours that women would be drafted into the military. It went viral, it generated a satirical TikTok trend. Some people deemed it funny, some people deemed it, you know, quite concerning, of women imagining what it would be like to serve in the military. Thousands of videos, many, many millions of views were racked up, even attached to hashtags like, you know, hashtag women draft. There was one of Greta Thunberg, you know, falsely depicting Greta advocating the use of sustainable military technology and even biodegradable missiles, which generated thousands of impressions on X, used to be known as Twitter. And it was shared by some of the conspiracy theorists out there. I won't name any because I don't want to get in, you know, involved um, in that side of things. And that was despite a small watermark, you know, on that Greta Thunberg uh, deepfake video, hinting that the digitally altered video was satire. Despite that, many many users, you know, of um, X um, in the comments reacted credulously to the clip. And others really discerned, um, struggled to discern if it was real or not. So you can start to see there were a bit of an intersection where even if you put small watermarks on content to say it's it's verified, this is a single source of truth on this or this content was generated with AI, you know, genuine, authentic pictures, video content that also, you know, could have been passed through AI tools, they're known as upscalers. So things like, you know, DALI or Stable Diffusion, you know, programs to increase the resolution of some of these videos and pictures, so these could be genuine, but they've been, you know, manipulated to some extent to make them look better on the digital channels to improve their resolution. They're actually, you know, having watermarks on them and then people are still thinking, oh, no, 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 this is like fake content. So you're starting to see a bit of a collision course out there of people's, you know, trying hard to decipher what's real and what's not. And even when there are, you know, attempts at watermarks for things, you know, which is not technically misinformation or disinformation. They're just letting you know that this image has been, you know, improved to make it clearer to you. People are now saying that they don't believe that that image, that video um, is is genuine. And we've seen a lot of those come out of, you know, things to do with Israel and and, and Gaza, Um, you know, even down to a young girl holding a teddy bear as a fire rages behind her, for example. That was a definitely... Fake. Then someone else deployed similar images, which had been um, improved by the AI upscalers, um, and people were people were responding that the, the authentic images and videos were fake. So where are, where are we? Where are we heading? So I think you can start to see that making matters worse, you know, misleading images are occasionally amplified, but by sources that seem trustworthy.
3: Yeah, I mean, and terrible situation. In which other walks of life would you say um, AI disinformation is a a particularly growing problem?
2: Um, So I think, you know, we we saw healthcare misinformation, you know, during the COVID-19 pandemic. There were false claims and disinformation about, you know, the vaccines and, you know, and all the restrictions and so forth that were put in place. And we definitely saw those spread through AI driven social media. Um, campaigns you know misinformation related to the then unproven treatments vaccine safety you know origins of the virus you know you can still see some of that you know legacy um, you know digital communication happening today you know could lead to public confusion non-compliance with public health guidelines um, and, and so forth even down to you know some some conspiracies about you know self-medication with un unproven unproven drugs
1: and so forth I think some presidents had something to do with that as well didn't they um so what what um do you think or do you think the industry is doing enough to educate its stakeholders and its clients about the risks and I suppose further to that like what is the what is the the risk that we all need to be looking at from a public perspective if there is just simply no way for people to navigate what's true and what's not true i mean what's the answer to that and what what what's the outcome of the bletchley park meeting that you're really looking for what do we really need educating people about what is trusted media and what isn't trusted media
2: yeah i mean uh, add to that we're in this what, what's been determined as a post truth world so whose 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 truth is it you know there are various ways that you've got um you know trusted sources of content it was the old you know, blue Twitter marks, um, you know, you've now got that translated into to X and, and so forth. But I think for communicators, it's particularly important to recognise that AI-driven disinformation is a growing concern. You know, it has the potential to disrupt various aspects of society, but preventing and mitigating, you know, the spread of it, which can lead to crises, you know, really does require a multifaceted approach now from communicators, which I do believe involves um, public awareness, so um, increasing awareness amongst your stakeholders, that media literacy, you know, understanding the fact-checking, you know, our communicators working with, the, you know, the, the fact-checkers that can, you know, really um, support your efforts? Um, and also in time, you know, adhering to any regulatory measures to address dis- disinformation um, at, at source. So, again, there's no tried and tested um way of this. But, um, you know, I think it goes back to good old crisis planning, and, you know, campaign message planning as part of all plans and strategies. Now, I think we need to have, you know, another, another, another column, another area that's included to the risks, you know, the risk assessment for deploying those messages, you know, what are the risks that we could face from, you know, AI and AI driven Misinformation and disinformation, and how could you mitigate that um, at the start rather than potentially being on the back foot with some of this and having to respond?
0: You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com.
3: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. And what, what other advice would you give the comms industry for getting on top of, of AI? I mean, obviously, having the crisis comms plan seems very, very, very sensible. There are sort of other things that you'd sort of recommend to our to our listeners
2: um well i think you know the, the whole industry needs to go on an ai education journey and that's not just on artificial intelligence you know from a very high level you know what what is an algorithm how are they used you know what data should be fed in and you know sort of concerns about data bias and discrimination and so forth but actually understanding it from a technical point of view you know we know the the PR industry throughout history have been one of the last adopters of any tech innovation, you know, let alone at scale. Um, And I think that does still remain in parts, although the acceleration of, you know, AI tools, particularly, you know, ChatGPT, you know, caught many, you know, businesses, organizations on the back foot, and they're now having to play catch up. But that's brought, you know, the use of AI tools really into, you know, the conscious of communicators and the public's um, conscious. And it's quite um, heartening for me, you know, I, you know, get lots of uh, approaches, you know, can you, can you help me? Can you, can you, can you support me? So it's great that people are playing around with AI tools, seeing if they're appropriate, you know, looking at them for perhaps content generation or supporting with, you know, campaign, uh, you know, imagery, design, conception, you know, helping with monitoring um, and so forth. And even down to using natural language, you know, processing, Um, to understand what words you know even down to words and words you know going together which may work or may not which may land better with you know certain you know groups cohorts um, or communities but I still think you know communication is the process of the you know the communication services that are provided out there they are in the main from my experience still very analogue you know, a lot still done. You know, in documents on spreadsheets and and so forth. But for me, it's about understanding. You know, where we are at with AI. It's hugely accelerated out there. But as anyone out there, um, and this is kind of where you know the, the business, you know, management consultancy side comes into it. Where are you going to dock these AI tools and programs into? Has anyone mapped? You know, the end-to-end process. Done that audit. Looked at the workflows. Looked at the tech stack flows you know where can you integrate where can you move to standardization and I think that's very important because it's at a time when you know most organizations businesses and brands are looking at new operative models for the whole organization you know perhaps the consumer side the customer side the service side you know the inbound interaction side you know whichever sector or profession that communicators are in Um, but yet it should be communicators that have already done this piece of work or are on the journey to doing this piece of work and it'll be iterative as we move forwards. as any innovation inevitably is but the communicators for me should be in the boardrooms they should be with the executive directors supporting them to drive you know their AI developments forwards Um, and there's not many of them um, you know like myself that are that are doing that you know it's often said that you know, communicators are the reputation guardians. They uphold the truth, um, despite whatever challenges there are to that. But without that huge understanding, it's going to be quite difficult. And I think maybe going forwards, we may see reputations won or lost, particularly you know if there is a big, a big hit, so to say, from a crisis that involves you know AI disinformation and and, and misinformation. So for me, it's an exciting time, but that needs to really increase in, in pace now. So Kerry,
1: what kind of regulations around AI are coming down the track that comms professionals really need to be aware of?
2: Yeah, this is a, a, a really interesting area. Um, no country in the world has got regulation over AI. Currently, many countries are working towards that. Um interesting that European, the European Union, the EU AI Act, um, is due to, to, to come into to place the end of 2023, 2024. It got voted through a committee stage at the EU Commission not so long ago. And the UK has said it will take a soft touch pro-innovation approach to AI regulation to not thwart innovation and, you know, and, and support transformation, change moving forwards. So, regarding regulations, I don't think it's right, um, you know, that communicators will wait to see what that AI regulation looks like. There's enough information out there already, you know, whether our communicators are operating in the UK, but through the you know European Union countries, or whether they're in the UK, the states, or you know the UAE, wherever they may be operating, you know, what are the conversations? What is the guidance? What are the white papers that have been issued already? that give a nod to what kind of areas AI regulation may cover and actually have you almost assessed and regulated, you know, the elements of your communication, um, you know, your your tech stack flows and any algorithms that you may be using to perhaps rate them in line with the EU AI Act, so low risk, high risk, medium risk, um, and, and so forth. Because of course, once regulation is voted in, you know, whichever markets and jurisdictions people operate in, and also importantly through, because you may have different country regulations that you have to look at and align to, you can already be doing some of that work already. And in fact, again, you know, communicators should have a good handle of this to, again, be able to advise, you know, and, and guide. So, for example, you know, you could be a customer facing organization. You, you may use algorithms for customer service and so forth or you're a, a banking institute you use algorithms to decide on perhaps high consequence products so mortgages finance for people um you know you'd need to disclose you know how those decisions were made to a point so going back to the UK's five AI principles one of those being transparency now you know well ha- how do you determine that within you know your communication efforts but also know what you're advising on communication you know to the powers that be in your organization's businesses and brands so for me keep up to date with what's coming down the track with ai regulation because once it's here you don't want to be caught out um to you know get ready get prepared you know look to see what policies guides um, are coming out you know keep abreast of you know some of the ai safety summit discussions you know to see where particularly the uk um is going you know have a good understanding of what responsible ai should look like um, and that's within the communication function service so if you're buying in products most of all you don't get you don't get caught out by a lot of ai hype that is out there um and you know i've seen that happen previously but also look to see what standards are being developed. You know, I'm part of the what's known as the ART1 group at the British Standards Institute. We're developing the global AI standards, which will hopefully um, be the backbone of AI regulation, um, you know, in many countries across the world. What's already been published? You know, which ones are relevant to the communication work and the communication advisory role to organisations? And which ones should you be aware of? Even if you don't, obviously follow, you know, the BSI route, for example, but which areas are going to be out there and which ones should you be aware of? So again, I think it goes back to what we said sort of towards the start. For me, you know, I, I guess it's a sentiment level, but risks for, you know, building, developing, deploying communication, AI needs to be part of that risk. And that's an internal risk for deployment success. So whether you're motivating people to, you know, buy more, interact with you better, have a better understanding or go and get the health checks, whatever it may be, um, but also from, you know, the other side um, of, of of the coin and how you are going to ensure that, you know, you don't fall foul of regulation. So very complex, bit bitty at the moment, um, but a wait and watch game um, for me is, is not the right approach. You know, you need to start adopting some of these things now, but realising, you know, we are at the start of AI and it's going to be an iterative, agile approach for all of us as we move forward. So what may work last week may not work next week.
3: Yeah, that's great advice. Um, and also, i quite like to come back to um, what you said at, at PL360 about the industry potentially sleepwalking into AI. I mean, have you noticed that there's been any sort of, s- en- enough sort of step up in, in the sort of, in the interest and uh, the amount of activity that the industry has done to sort of get on on top of the problem. Do you still think that there is a sense of complacency, or you know, not not quite being on top of it, or do you think the industry is really engaging with uh, with the issue?
2: I think I'm seeing more engagement um, with 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 AI and the rewards and risks, opportunities that AI can and is bringing. Um, I see that some of that is reliant on where people sit um you know so I've heard a lot about well my organization isn't looking at you know AI Um, and I say well have you spoken to your tech people have you spoken to your data people oh no well if you go and speak to them I bet I bet they are because this is the one thing that's keeping a lot of chief executives and executive people awake um at, at night because it is a reputation um crisis waiting to to happen so I think you know with the acceleration of tools you know we have seen more having an understanding of what's out there. And for me, the understanding, oh, we need to do something, but not quite sure on what they need to do, because it's not a one size fits all for every you know communication PR service, because everyone is different. Everyone has different strategic objectives they need to fulfill. Everyone has different amounts of people in the team, different skill sets. Um, but what I would say is having that real thorough, basic understanding, but also on the technical side, is only going to fare people really well as you move forwards. It's feeling like the 1990s with the invention of uh,
1: the internet.
3: I'd hardly remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Sadly,
2: I do. Well, human beings fear the unknown. So, you know, why don't we start leading, you know, change, transformation and innovation, you know, start putting some markers um, in the ground and history will judge us in the future if we're on the right side of history and I'm very much hopeful that we will be. Kerry, thank you so much. What
1: a fascinating subject and it just feels like it's just gargantuan and what's ahead is, I mean, we definitely probably need to check on this quite regularly over the coming year. Um, Look forward to you joining us next time.
2: Brilliant. Thanks, everyone.